You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. We are glad that you're joining us again today for this new series on dating and relationships. And this is part two with Trey Morgan. Uh, Last week we talked about how do I know if someone is right for me? And Trey had some great thoughts about kind of figuring out, is this person compatible for what I want in life? Uh, Today we're going to talk about the flip question, and that is how do I know if I am right for someone else? How do I know if I'm ready to be in a serious relationship? How do I know if I'm ready to uh, lead spiritually or uh, be a compatible spiritual partner to someone in a relationship? And so uh, these questions, Trey and I have already been visiting before we are recording this. They're a little bit harder to answer. Uh, Not as many questions this week, but certainly questions that warrant a lot of conversation. So uh, Trey, we are glad that you're back with us today. Honored to be here today. Thanks for having me on the, the podcast, and uh, thanks for letting me be a part of uh, the month of February's uh, podcast that you got going on. You bet. Well, I'm sure people, if they're listening to part two, have probably already listened to part one, but just a little bit of information about yourself, Trey, before we get going. Yeah, I'm a I'm a senior minister for the Church of Christ in Childress, Texas. Um, been here for about 18, 19 years, somewhere in there, and a uh, good place to live, good church. Uh, we do, my wife and I do a lot of marriage and family ministry, and so uh, we, we enjoy that very much so. I uh, do a lot of traveling, speaking at workshops and seminars, and uh, universities talking to college kids about uh, dating and relationships and and uh, and oftentimes sex, and so we 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 get to do what we do. Okay, well, uh, glad that you can be with us today again for part two. Um, like I said, for those listening, we're talking today about kind of doing a personal inventory of ourselves, trying to figure out if we are right for someone, not just if they are right for me. Uh, the first question that we're going to talk about today is, Trey, what personal prep work should someone do before they start dating? Well, I think I think you have to ask yourself a, a question of, am I ready to date? Is there anything that would keep me from being a whole person as I'm dating? Is there, do I have some issues that I need to work through? Have I been hurt in the past and need to, to, to maybe do some... Uh, you know, some healing spiritually or emotionally uh, before I commit myself to someone else. Uh, but uh, 
that's that's the main thing is kind of where am I uh, relationally? Is my relationship with God what it needs to be? And and if it's not, and if I'm not prepared to uh, be in a right relationship with God, am I really ready to be in a relationship with someone else? Well, that's a good answer. And and yeah, and and one of the things you have to ask yourself, and a lot of people, I think this is a mistake that a lot of people miss, is I think you love when you're ready and not when you're lonely. And there's a lot of folks who uh, go looking for love just because they're lonely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. So, um, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, I think we can all do kind of a self-inventory on what's my relationship with God like, because that's something that I guess, well, I don't guess I know. That's something that only we can know. Someone else cannot diagnose that for us. And we have to be honest with ourselves. Those other things, though, you mentioned loneliness versus ready to love or do I need to heal? Do I need to grieve? Am I mature enough? Do you have any practical ways to kind of measure that if you're thinking about that for yourself? I don't know. I don't know that there, I think everybody's going to have their own way of asking themselves that question. And you're, you're just going to have to be honest with yourself. Um, I think if someone falls in love or if somebody meets someone, they're automatically going to think is, is this person, could this person be someone I'm interested in? But, but you still have to stop and ask yourself those questions. You know, am I, am I loving for the right reasons? Um, is this something that I'm interested in because I like this person or am I just, am I just bored right now? And that's really not the reason to date. And, and you ask yourself questions like, uh, is this a person that I would marry? Because if, if this isn't a person you would marry, then I don't know if that's somebody you need to be dating. I'm a big believer in, in, in don't date somebody you, you have a first impression of, I would never marry this person because mm-hmm. you may very well fall in love with them and find yourself marrying them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said. Well said. You don't have to, you don't have to, to decide like on date one, am I going to marry this person? But if you could say, man, I, I would never marry a person like this, then you probably don't need to be dating a person like that. Yeah. We talked about that last time dating just for the sake of dating. Exactly. I don't see a marriage is just not only is it pointless, but it's trouble waiting to happen. Um, it's kind of reminds me a little bit of when we talk with people about the grieving process of losing a loved one or anything of that nature. Um, there's not kind of a set time for the appropriate length of the grieving process. Some people go through rather quickly and for some people it takes years. And so I don't think we can take just a blanket approach to, well, you're not ready or you are ready to start dating because I think it's different for every person. I I agree completely. Some people, some people move on much quicker than others do. And I think you have to, to, to be cautious that you don't look out there and go, that person shouldn't be dating yet or, why isn't that person dating yet? They should be when they may need more time to deal with things that's happened in a past relationship. Sure. So we talked about one mistake already of dating just because you're lonely, not because you're ready to love someone. But what are some of the other significant mistakes we make in the courting process? Well, I think I think some of them is uh, a couple of things that come to mind really quick is we, we tend to pay attention to the wrong thing sometimes. Now, you should be attracted to the person that you're dating. Um, there should be an attraction. You should be able to look at that person and say, oh, he's handsome or she's pretty and I like to spend time with her. But 
if if the only thing you're paying attention to is what they look like, uh, the shape of their body, their smile, uh, their outward features, then you are missing out on the most important things, which are going to be their maturity level, their morals, their values, their integrity. And you need to make sure that those latter things trump the other things because uh, it doesn't matter how pretty she is. It doesn't matter how handsome she he is. Um, if you're dating somebody that's a jerk, uh-huh. uh, if you're dating somebody that uh, just is not a good person, yeah, you're asking for trouble. And that's just, you know, look look for the right things. And that's one of the things you've got to do is, is look for the right things in the dating process and then be yourself. Uh, you can't you can't spend your time pretending to be somebody that you're not. Do you want to impress them? Absolutely, but you also want them to fall in love with somebody that uh, to, who you are and not not who you've pretended to be. And so you you need to learn to be yourself as well. Absolutely. Um, so how does someone kind of take personal inventory on themselves to? see where they need to improve we've kind of talked about it from a 30,000 foot approach of am I ready but when you're actually sitting down and take personal inventory to know am I right for someone else how do you do that well I, I got some outside help on this question because uh, you did send me this question I looked it over and I asked my wife I said help me work through this and and what are the best ways to to come up with this and and she helped me kind of see some things that I hadn't thought of, but by far the best thing you can do is ask friends and family, what are some flaws that I may have? What are some things that I may need to work on? And you're going to have to be one of those people that can handle constructive criticism because a lot of people, I mean, if you're going to ask, which I think you should, if you really want to be a good whole person, never hurts to ask, what can I do better on? How can I fix something? Is there something you see that I don't see? And then when that person shares some thoughts, you seriously consider what they say because um, you want to take some personal inventory on maybe some areas that you need to improve because sometimes we have a hard time seeing our own flaws. Absolutely. Yeah. Having good. And, and a real friend. Yeah. A real friend's not going to beat you up all the time and, and uh, you know, just wear you out with, you know, but, but they're also going to be, they're going to shoot straight with you going, Hey, you know, you really, you know, you look at love through rose colored glasses, or maybe you, you don't pay attention to such and such. And, and you want a friend that's willing to tell you those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Those friends are hard to find, but very valuable when you have, they life. are. Um, so if I guess we're approaching this obviously from a perfect world, but let's say that we have that friend or that family member that can help us take personal inventory of ourselves uh, then we hear what they say. The next question I had for you was, you know, how do we make ourselves the best version of ourselves? What does that process look like? Well, I think we, once we find out maybe some areas that we need to prove on, we we take steps to do that. Sometimes, sometimes we are people who, when we hear, you know, hey, I need to work on my temper, we go, okay, I'll work on my temper but then we don't actually work on our temper. We think that working on our temper is saying we're going to work on our temper um, or whatever it is. Hmm. And so, you know, it's like somebody saying, boy, that was a good sermon. And they felt a little guilt and they confessed that it was a good sermon, but they never, they never go out and try to improve on the area that touched them. 
And so I think you're going to have to, you know, buy the book, uh, find the counselor, talk to the person and go, here's some steps that I think that I can do to help better myself, to make myself a better person. And uh, you've got to prepare yourself as a single person if you're in a relationship or if you're going into a relationship to ask yourself like questions like, am I ready to be open and honest with this person? Uh, do you know, and if I'm not, why not? Because uh, marriage is about openness and honesty. And if, if you can't be open and honest with the person you're dating, you, you probably don't need to be dating, uh, until you can, uh, you need to be able to put a relationship like that first over friends and family. And if you're not, then that, that's more of a friendship than it is a relationship. But when you get serious with that person, if you can't put that person first over family and other friends, then you need to, you know, you sure don't need to be getting married because that's not how relationships work. Yes, sir. Uh, when you're talking about that, I thought about, you know, what James says in James 2 about faith and works when he says faith without works is dead. Hearing you talk is kind of like <laughs> relationships without improvement are going to be dead relationships. If you really want a strong That's exactly right. you've got to you've got to act act upon it, particularly when someone's giving you advice. Here's how you can be a better version of you. If you don't put that into effect, it's not going to improve anything. It's going to be detrimental to future relationships. That is exactly right, and it's it's not easy to hear, but it's one of the best things you can do is when you ask somebody to give you some criticism or some some constructive criticism, and a real friend will will do that and and shoot straight with you on stuff like that. We, we've done that on stuff that we do, Lee and I, uh, whether it's a podcast or uh, books or, or whatever it is, sermons, to just say, hey, what what can I improve on? What should I do better on? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just good, healthy wholeness. Absolutely. Um, okay, this next question is kind of one of those hypothetical we don't have a perfect example or perfect case study to look at because they differ for every relationship but just as a rule trey what you've seen how how quickly should the dating process progress in the sense of the seriousness of the relationship not physically because i think the bible's pretty clear on how quickly you should progress physically but yeah. Just kind of the closeness and seriousness of that relationship. How how quickly should that progress? I think that all depends on the people, of course, and and where they are. Um, if it's a if it's a relationship where you're getting to spend a lot of time together, then that relationship is going to progress much faster than a relationship where maybe you only see or talk to somebody on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're just the more time you spend with someone the quicker that relationship is going to going to take place in, in seriousness. And, and, and some relationships, sometimes it depends on your age, you know, back when in the, back when I was in, in high school and, and college, uh, back in the eighties, the average age of marriage was 22 for men uh, and 20 for women. And today that's changed and it's, it's 29 for men and 27 for women. And so people are dating more and waiting longer to marry. And so they're depending on where you are in your stage of life. Uh, you may be, you may be early in your early twenties going, I've got no desire to, to slow down and get real serious. And so it goes slow. And then you may be like my brother who at 36 finally started dating and, and asked me one time said, I've only been dating her six months. Is it too soon to get serious? And I'm like, 
you're 36, buddy. Let's get rolling on this thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I, I was going to say that as well. I think age is a huge factor in this. At, at Preston Crest, I do several different things at the church, but my specific ministry is with people between the ages of 21 to 35. Um, most of them are single young adults in Dallas-Fort Worth. There is a world of difference between a 21-year-old right out of college and a 35-year-old. Um, not just in life experience, but, you know, usually people in their 30s have a little bit of money in their pocket that people in their early 20s don't have. Um, That's right. <laughs> your schedules are different. You're at different points in your career. And you've just seen a lot more into your mid-30s than you did right out of school that kind of, I guess the best way to see it, you've seen a lot of things that didn't work. And so you don't have to waste a lot of time on figuring out what doesn't work. You're you know what you're looking for more on what will work. That's right. The maturity level there is, is so, so different. And, uh, you know, I remind, I, I want to remind folks that may be listening that are dating right now and looking for a relationship that, that we say sometimes marriage is the most expensive purchase that you'll ever make. So don't impulse buy. Don't, don't just, uh, don't just go out there going, all right, here's the first person I've run across and, uh, you know, uh, I just want to get married, and so yeah, it's uh, it, don't impulse buy a marriage. Find find someone you can't live without, as we talked about last week. Right. So when you're looking back at past relationships um, that didn't work out, what are some of the biggest lessons we can learn and take those lessons to improve upon in the present, right now, and also in the future? Well, you will be very very smart if you will take past things that have happened and you'll learn from them, both from your standpoint and the other person's standpoint, meaning what did they do that you weren't crazy about what happened in that relationship? And, and if you can learn lessons from those, it will benefit your present and future relationships. But let me also say that if you've come out of a really bad relationship and, and you automatically start judging your new relationship by a past relationship, or if you come out of a bad marriage um, and you automatically just bring all this baggage into the new relationship, if you, if you can't get past that and, and say, this is new and, and, and I'm not going to judge this new person that I'm dating on the fact that the last person was not, maybe not a good person, you can't poison, you're, you're going to poison your present relationship by dragging your past into it. So you've got to be real careful that you understand this is a new relationship. And, and although I've been hurt or something's happened in my past, I can't, I can't drag that into my new relationship and automatically judge this new person by something that the other person that I dated did. I really appreciate what you said there and how you said it. And <clears throat> that's so true in other areas of life than just relationships. I think about uh, in my years of ministry and, uh, people in their perception of the church, just because one congregation treated you poorly or burned you, uh, doesn't mean that all churches are that way. And so, so you can't walk away That's from the church. Point. You can't walk away from the church forever because, um, either for a minister, a certain eldership handled something poorly, or if you're just you know just a regular member there someone hurts your feelings, you can't give up on the church because of just a few individuals. Um, 
you can't give up on love and marriage because someone hurt you or they were unfaithful to you. You've got to continue to live your life. That's it. And and that is exactly right. And there's honestly, there's some relationships where there's going to be some people with some, some PTSD from some really, really bad stuff that's happened to them. Some, some very bad stuff. And they're going to have to work through some of that so that they don't automatically think this new person is going to, do the same thing or, or maybe they're going to come across and go, uh, Hey, they, they, they did something that made me reminded me of, of the other person I dated or another person that I'd been married to. And, and so you're going to have to be really careful that you don't poison this new relationship because you've been hurt in your past. Very well said. Um, okay. Last question, Trey. And like I said, we didn't have as many questions for this episode because it's a little bit, I think, uh, a little bit more touchy of a topic, but we've talked a lot about having people minister to you and speak into your life and be honest with you about here's some ways you can improve or here's what we think about this relationship. Um, if someone's listening to this today and they're saying, man, yeah, that would be great, but I just don't have those people in my life. How do we find good friends to help hold us accountable and and I put in the question, keep us quote unquote marketable for dating. How do we find those people? Well, I, I would like to think that if you've got some good friends, that someone in there would be a good enough friend that would that you could go to and go, what are some areas that I need to 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 work through? What are some things? Uh, you know, church group. I think I think accountability is just so important, and and I think that everybody needs someone they can be accountable with. And if you've got an anger problem, um, if if you've got a temptation problem, you've got to have a friend that can help hold you accountable to those things, uh, because that's not something that you want to take into a marriage into a relationship. Because uh, uh, you know whether it's through through church and small groups or through friends and family, you've got to find someone that can be an accountability partner with you that you can trust. Um, one that's not going to go out and blab everything that you've done. But uh, I think anytime you do that, that's going to make you more, as you said, marketable, but, but more than anything else, it's going to make you a better and more whole person. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're going to be more, more enjoyable to be around and everything else. And so, uh, one of the things that you can do is just really work hard at, finding those friends and then holding those folks close. You know, your, your friends, man, if, if your friends are not building you up and making you a better person, uh, and are not there for you, you probably need to change some friends. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I would look for those at church, people of like faith, uh, people who have a relationship with God and maybe even people who are, if you're a single person, maybe people who are married that can give you advice on, here's some things that you do. Here's some things I wish I would have known. Because, you know, marriage, a lot of marriage is learning things as you go that you wish you would have known back when you got married. Right, right. And back to what you said earlier about you don't want marriage to be kind of an impulse buy. I would say the same thing here on finding these friends to hold you accountable. You don't want someone holding you accountable who has no business holding you accountable in the sense that they don't know what they're talking about. Um, and yeah. so it would be crazy to have someone who is a very worldly individual who's been in and out of several relationships for that to be the person that you go to seeking advice of how can I improve my relationships? 
Um, so wh- whether you have to find those people at church, and that's not a have to, that's a blessing. That's probably the best place to find them is is at church. But if you're in a town that doesn't have a large church or a active church, you know, we, we live in a day and time of being a very uh, mobile society. Get to another church and find those people. That's it. And, and you, you may have to change accountability partners, meaning you may approach someone and think this person can help me. And then if, if they, if you don't ever find them asking you, how are you doing with your, with your temper or with temptation or whatever it is, then you probably need to find a different accountability partner. If they're not actually going to ask you, how are you doing on this? Uh, you need to find somebody else. And, and there are times where you need to tell folks, I'm not the guy you're looking for, you know, um, as an accountability partner, I've had folks that have said, I need you to keep me accountable on, on, on drugs and alcohol. And I've told them, I said, man, I'll do my best, but I'm really not the guy you're looking for because I don't know anything about those things. That is yeah. not my, my area where I can help you on. Let's find you somebody that's going to know, Hey, he's not shooting straight with me, even though he says he is, and I can read him like a book. I won't know those things. And so, right. You find somebody that's going to do the job, and if they don't do the job, find somebody else. Find somebody else. Very good point. Very good point. Well, Trey, I'm very thankful that you've been with us the last two weeks talking about uh, dating specifically. Any last thoughts you want to give us before we end this episode? I would love to throw one little thought out since we've probably got folks that are either dating or in relationships or, or at some point will be considering marriage. We'd love to throw out the point that don't overbuy on your wedding and underbuy on your marriage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of couples do that these days. They spend a year getting ready for a wedding. They spend a ton of money getting ready for a wedding. They spend all their attention and all their time getting ready for a wedding. And they go into a marriage unprepared mm-hmm. and, and it really needs to be the other way around. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with people who want to spend a lot of money on a wedding. That, that really is no big deal, but nobody's going to remember your wedding five, six years down the road. And you'll even strive and struggle. Remember my wedding, mm-hmm. but they will remember your marriage mm-hmm. work at building a better marriage. Have a, have a more beautiful marriage than you do wedding. So don't spend all of your time preparing for a wedding when you need to be preparing for a marriage. Wow. Excellent advice. Yeah, that is so true. I've done a lot of weddings as a minister. I know you have too. And I'm lucky to be able to tell you the location of where those weddings took place, much less all the details. Um, But you do remember people who have been married faithfully for many years. So That's it. Great advice. Those folks, those folks leave a legacy. You will, you will change people and generations will be blessed when you build a, an amazing, strong, healthy marriage. It will bless your kids. It will bless your grandkids and so on. Absolutely. Well, Trey, thank you for taking the time to be with us the, in these last couple of weeks. And um, we're going to finish this series toward the end of the month with Wayne and Tammy Roberts, good friends of mine and Trey as well. And they're going to, they are good people. Yeah. They're going to focus a little bit more on the marriage side of things. We've talked about the dating side, so uh, we'll look forward to hearing what they have to say as well. But Trey, we wish you blessings in your ministry in Childress and around the country with the stronger marriages workshops. 
Thank you, my friend, and thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. I want to close today by reminding you that along this journey of life, we will have road work along the way, but here at Road Talk, we want to help you get ready by navigating your journey, and as always, keep your eyes on heaven. God bless, and we will talk to you next time.